You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Friend, are you tired? Because <laughs> same. I think this year has been a lot. I think we can all agree on that. And I don't think anyone saw a worldwide pandemic coming. I remember back at New Year's when everyone was so stoked for the year 2020. People were saying, hey, we're in the roaring 20s. Get ready for the best year yet. And I think we honestly say that every New Year's, but for some reason, 2020 seemed even more promising with, I don't know, it sounds pretty 2020 and it's the start of a new decade. And then COVID hit. And for the majority of us, we've been more or less quarantined since mid-March. And we haven't been able to go out to eat. We haven't been able to see friends as much. There's been a lot of life change that has been brought on by this pandemic. And now halfway through the summer, you're probably pretty over it. You're probably starting to feel stuck and feel that schlump of quarantine real hard. I think everyone can agree this year has been really rough. And we as people, we're not made to live our entire lives in a box with no in-person communication. We were naturally built not that way. (laughs) And we can see the effects of this quarantine and how it's having just a negative impact on our emotional, physical, and mental health. And so we just wanted to spend an entire episode chatting with you about how to get through this continued slump of COVID and the quarantine that comes with it. Because the thing that we have to remember is that there is hope. Things are starting to open up again. Life will not always be this way. And I think now more than ever, it's vital to cling to that hope, not give in to hopelessness or despair. And in today's episode, we're just making it super conversational. Evie and I are just sharing our real raw thoughts and giving you some tips that have helped us keep going through quarantine. We hope that this episode gives you encouragement and brings you joy and life to wherever it meets you today. All right, let's do this. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, I am so excited for today's episode. This is going to be, I think, a lot of fun. Linz, I'm like ready to chat. Um, I think it's just we need an episode that's really conversational about what's going on and just COVID. I'm just excited. Especially for like entrepreneurs, so many people who are self-employed right now, like we know this is not easy. This has not been easy for anyone who, you know, is running their own business right now, especially just in so many different industries being basically shut down because of COVID. Therefore, you know, working through it is just really challenging and we're, I'm just excited to talk about it. So. I want to say really quick, we're not just, I think what we're talking about today can apply to anybody, not just specifically entrepreneurs. Like, oh, yeah, I think yeah. you're going to get something out of it, even if you're a teacher or or whatever, like whatever yeah. industry you're in, I think, because we're talking about like basic things yeah. that are helpful to human life. To any human being who is living <laughs> yeah. and breathing on this planet right now. So yes, 100% agreed. And I think honestly, like, <laughs> can we just all remember when... COVID and quarantine like first started and we were all thinking, okay, at the latest, this will last until maybe May. And some of us, myself included, were like, no, there's no way it'll last that long. (laughs) 
And here we are today recording this in early July. Like, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, um, that just makes me laugh thinking back on that. But I know I've been having a lot of conversations over the past few weeks with a lot of different people just asking, how are you feeling? How, you know, what are you feeling? What's going through your head? What are you struggling with right now? And it's been pretty clear to me across the board that pretty much every single person is feeling some kind of frustrating or heavy emotions like overwhelm, anxiety, you know, hopelessness, fear, uh, just exhaustion. There's just a lot of stuff going on in people's hearts and minds right now. And today we just kind of wanted to sit down, like Lindsay said, have a personal chatty conversation about our personal experiences and our personal strategies for how to navigate such an unusual you know, locked at home uh, time in our lives. So yeah. And before we get started, I want to share a TikTok uh, audio (laughs) clip, which I think if you're on TikTok, you'll probably recognize this. You've probably seen it. It's like a viral TikTok sound that people recreate um, and you mouth along to it. But I think it represents just the, the irony of this year so much of just like quarantining and how everyone's like, just like not enjoying COVID at all. Um, but it's this audio clip of of like a teacher and it's like in the year 21, I don't even know, way in the future. And she's teaching a classroom. It's like a history class. And she turns the page and she was like, and that concludes the year of 2019. All right. And now 2021. And then like a student interrupts her and is like, uh, excuse me, miss, what about 2020? And then she goes, listen here, little punk, we don't talk about 2020. <laughs> And I think that is, uh, that's just so, I laughed so hard when I first saw that because I was like, same, I relate so hard. We don't talk about 2020 Uh, because COVID has been rough. So yeah, anyways, we're going to get into some strategies and just helpful tips that have helped Evie and I um, kind of navigate, yeah, through the slump and also just being fully honest, like we're, we're telling you these things that are helpful and we've done them sometimes and we haven't also. So like, we're not perfect in this at all, but we just hope this episode kind of helps you and maybe meets you where you're at if you're struggling with different things. I love it. Well, let's get started. Um, number one is going to be routines. This is a big one. Um, we're going to try to break it down a little bit for you, but first and foremost, sleep. The number of conversations that I've had with people within like routines and all this stuff of, hey, yeah, I'm staying up until, you know, 1 or 2 a.m. just scrolling TikTok on my phone or, you know, watching Netflix, binging it until late in the early mornings or whatever. Sleep is so necessary and vital for mental and emotional health, physical health, Um There is just, I can't even express this enough. I'm actually reading a book right now called Why We Sleep. And it's just mind boggling the ramifications of healthy, long, you know, correct amount, correct quality of sleep versus being sleep deprived and how that so severely affects us in so many different ways. Um, So that's really fascinating. And that's part of the reason I've always kind of known that, but I... I feel like in quarantine, especially, I was really encouraged that sleep is not, you know, uh, a necessity only when you're going out and working and, you know, whatever. But I think it's also really important for us to continue to get a good night's sleep, even through, you know, a very abnormal schedule that 
comes with quarantine. So going to bed at a consistent time. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to bed every night at like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. You know, get a good full night's sleep. You could go to bed at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., whatever, but try to keep that consistent and keep a routine with it. So if you choose to go to bed more at, you know, midnight, that's fine. Go to bed at midnight, get up at 8, 9, 10, whatever you want, but do that regularly because your body syncs with those patterns and then you're able to have sharp brain function and a rested body and mind through the next day. So I think that's just really important when we have so little rules around like our quarantine at home lifestyle that we keep sleep as a regularly important routine that's going to help us mentally and emotionally get through this. Yeah, just making sure that whatever you're doing, you're trying to do it consistently. Yeah, exactly. The next one is kind of funny. It's get dressed. Um, I have many thoughts on this because I sometimes do it and I sometimes don't. Uh, But the days that I do get dressed, even even if you're working from home, even if your job, like your job is telling you to work from home right now, uh, I we do recommend getting dressed. And the days that I do get dressed, I do honestly feel so much better. But like just 1,000% honesty, there are days where I'm just like, my pajamas are so comfy. I work from <laughs> home. I don't need, I don't need to get dressed at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so sometimes I don't. And that's just full transparency. But I will say mm-hmm. on the days that I do get dressed, it it's night and day yeah. different. And I would say I'm a little bit more on the the spectrum of I almost always get dressed every morning. And typically that's also because I work out almost every single morning. Um, So it kind of forces me like when I wake up, I have to change into workout clothes. And then when I come home, I have to change into something else, which is great. But... I do. Yeah, I'm notorious for just staying in my workout clothes like that, which is awful, awful. Mm, I, that's just, no, I have so many thoughts on that, but mostly. Well, okay, it depends on the level of sweat. If the yeah. workout didn't make me sweat that much, then I'm like, whatever, I'll keep it. Like, yeah, I think for me, it's more like, I feel, I feel more comfortable in like, other clothes other than my workout clothes. I don't know why. I, I like working out in them, oh, they're great, but I just feel more comfortable in like, a romper or a jumpsuit or like, I don't know, something just like, yeah, more movement. I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah. So I think that's also a great, a great note and something that I want to say. Getting dressed does not necessarily mean putting on a full face of makeup or, you know, putting on heels and a, and a suit like getting dressed can mean and often for me does mean putting on a nice pair of like loungewear leggings that, you know, I wear around the house, around, you know, shopping, like whatever, um, a crop top t-shirt or, you know, today I'm wearing like a romper. It's pretty common in the summer for me to wear like rompers or shorts or something like that. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be different. And something that when you put it on, you're sending signals to your brain that are saying it's time to work. These are my work clothes, my day clothes, you know, out of sleep mode, out of rest mode and into work engage mode. Um, But also, Lindsay and I were talking before we started recording because today is a Monday. It's a podcast batch recording day. And I typically on Mondays don't even leave my house, let alone my closet. (laughs) And And yet today when I woke up, I was like, this is the start of a brand new week, especially after, you know, like a holiday weekend. And I'm just not really feeling like put together today. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put on makeup today, which I never do on Mondays typically. Um, So I put on a full face of makeup. I'm talking contour. I'm talking like I suck at eyeshadow. Like I literally have not used eyeshadow since my theater days, which was very just dramatic stage makeup. It was not proper eyeshadow application. Anyways, I 
practiced and put on eyeshadow for the first time in my adult life today. And I was just like, that's so funny. I'm not the opposite. I put on eyeshadow like every day. I literally do not know how to apply eyeshadow. I did not have an eyeshadow palette until like a couple months ago when a friend gave me an eyeshadow palette. Because next time we're together, I will teach you. Okay, perfect. Because I've been watching YouTube tutorials and I'm flopping at all of them. (laughs) Anyways, so today was just an example of I recognized when I woke up, I was just kind of like not really feeling engaged in my work week already. And I was like, all right, I'm going to and I put on a romper and I put on shoes and I put on a full face of makeup and I like put my hair up in a cute little updo. And I'm like, ready to go for today. But you know, not every day. Ironically, (laughs) you're not leaving your closet. I know. If I no one's gonna see you today. (laughs) No one literally no one. But you know, I feel good. I feel ready for my day. And it's just, you know, do what you need to do. Most days for me, getting ready means a slight dash of mascara and like leggings and a t-shirt. But you know, if whatever makes you feel ready for your day, just get dressed every single day before your, your day begins. That'll really help click you into the moment. I think that's a really great example, just like mm-hmm. of, of though no one's going to see you today, you did it for you. You did it to feel good. And then yeah. that feeling will then go into your work and into your productivity and into your routine, yep, which is what we're talking sure. about. All right. The next one after get dressed is eat well and consistently, which again, <laughs> I'm the worst at and I you are. So, so we are not preaching from a place of perfection at all. Um, cause Evie and I are notorious. I think it's because we get so focused on our work and we love yeah. our work that we just like jump it, which honestly I should just eat during my quiet time in the morning. Cause I remember usually to do that, but then for some reason food, it's coffee <laughs> over food always. So I just go straight from coffee and quiet time to work. And I just, yeah. food just falls through the cracks somewhere in there, which it shouldn't because <laughs> it will help energize you so much. Well, I'm more weird. than just <laughs> like drinking coffee on an empty stomach. Anyways, continue. I'm really weird because I eat breakfast like every single morning, religiously. I love breakfast. I cook breakfast. See, for I do life. too. I <laughs> love breakfast too, but I'm just the worst at it. I don't know. You should just r- bake it into your morning routine. Like make it a part. Like that's something that's a big part of my yeah. morning routine. Like I get up, I go work out, I come back, I eat, I shower, Jesus time, work. Like it's just like- Well, a- listen, y'all. <laughs> My husband, my husband was gone and now he's not. And he's about to quit his job very soon. And so he's going to be literally like Mr. Mom. So I will get a full breakfast every day at the hands of my husband. So I'm so excited. (laughs) I love it. Well, yes, I think it's important, though, when we do eat like Lindsay, you and I, we feel such a game change, like in our focus and our energy levels, like eating well and consistently throughout your day is I've also read a bunch of scientific studies on that and how it affects our brain and our focus. And it's unreal. It's just unreal. I, I, I know how healthy it is. I just am still working on eating lunch and dinner every day. (laughs) Because it's better for your metabolism. If you have like smaller, more frequent meals throughout the day, what's literally your your body and brain fuel. So if you're not filling, it's like a gas tank. It's like trying to drive when you don't have any gas in the tank. Like it doesn't work. Um, I think it stems from it just takes time. Like I'm so productivity (laughs) focused that I'm like, I don't have the time, which is a lie. I have time. God bless. I have time to put some food in my mouth. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't have time to go cook and to eat. It's also such a lie, which I totally, I believe the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, it takes so much time to go cook a meal right now. But you're sitting there 
not actually working at top speed because you're right, running on you're empty. On empty. Yeah. yeah. So it's weird. But anyways, if you're struggling with this too, some things that have helped me or that I'm like working up on, like focusing on, uh, seven you alarms. Have a husband that cooks for you? <laughs> <laughs> I need to train Landon to like cook. He actually does cook for me sometimes, but he's also kind of notoriously bad at eating. Now on Andrew's level, Landon. Oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> so setting alarms can be really, really helpful of I try to set alarms around like lunchtime. So noon, 11 noon every day. And then around like 5 p.m. every day as well to remind myself, hey, it's time to eat. Um, yeah. And then the that, that just kind of helps like when it's when you constantly forget to eat hand raised over here. Uh, that's a good like reminder of, hey, this is important. Like f- fill your tank. And then with that, something that has really helped me is I refuse 95% of the time to have any like snacks or junk food around my house because I am notoriously bad at snacking. snacking. Like I'm, my sister and I are the same exact way. We talk about this all the time. You can't hand me like a box of, let's say like Cheez-Its or whatever. I will eat that entire box in one sitting without even thinking Same. about it. Like Same. I'm the worst. Like I have no self-control when it comes to snacks whatsoever. I just eat those things. So I've learned that I have to eliminate those from my pantry, from my fridge, because otherwise yeah. those will be what I go to because they seem fast and easy and tasty, but they're not actually healthy or nutritious and filling my tank with good yeah. gas. We did that like a few years ago Mainly because Andrew, again, he's the chef of our house, so he does the grocery shopping. But, well, even when he was gone, I did, I'd continue this. Like, I, I same thing. I don't fill it with with crap, and I fill yeah. it with, like, things like carrots and hummus yeah. and apples and oranges and just, like, things that—because I know yeah. myself, especially when Andrew's gone, I'm going to want something quick and easy. Yeah. And if I can grab a snack that's healthy but also quick, like— carrots and hummus or an yep. apple or whatever. Well, even an apple, you have to cut it up and I just have time for that. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but it, it it makes a world of difference when you just physically don't have crap in your, in your pantry. Yeah, exactly. So I, those are really things that help Lindsay and I both like filling up with healthy snacks or fast and easy, like meals. Meal prepping is also really, really, really helpful. Uh, I have done it off and on, but again, finding consistency with that is still in the process at this point. But meal prepping on like Sundays with healthy lunches and dinners throughout the week and stocking your fridge with those. So you just pull them out. Another alternative that I typically do is have um, like prepared meals like uh, I use Freshly or HelloFresh. Those are some great options. So those are just, you know, things. Fill your fridge with healthy food options and remember to eat because that really does fuel yourself. So (laughs) Get in the the routine of eating well. I will also add for any of the moms out there, I do the same thing for my daughter. So what we usually do, well, actually, she's almost getting to the age where she can kind of eat what we eat. So this might change. But if you have a young baby at home, what we did and are still kind of doing is prepping her food in advance and then freezing it into like little cubes that we can unthaw. Wait, unthaw is not the right. It's just thaw, thaw, which is... (laughs) I've said that wrong my entire life. I've said unthaw. Wow. Okay. You learn something new every day. Well, we thaw it. That just sounds so wrong. Okay, but unthaw would literally be to like freeze. Well, (laughs) I've said it all the time. Okay. Anyways, we thaw it out and uh, it helps us prep her food in advance. So then again, I'm not spending even more my workday 
stopping work to like one eat myself, but then also try to feed her, but then also prep it immediately. So, I mean, sometimes I didn't prep and it was a hassle, but usually we try to freeze it in advance, which is really helpful if you have little ones at home. Yes. All right. Next on the list is move your body each day. We could freaking go into depth (laughs) on this one, but uh, the, the ramifications, the benefits of moving each and every day. And that doesn't necessarily uh-huh. mean a heavy workout or a run. Right, it could just be a walk. It could, yeah, it could literally be just a walk around your neighborhood. But it, there, it is so healthy, it's so important, and it's so refreshing for your brain and your mind, especially during a work day. I, thankfully, as part of the reason I actually got Copper, my dog, but I take Copper out every couple of hours, which is right around when I'm trying to take like a break during work anyways to refresh my mind. And so we just take a block, like a walk around the block. And that's just super helpful for yeah, like your your brain to get a moment of rest for your body to like click in again and be like, okay, it's time to wake up, move and a- be active and engage. Um, so I work out almost every single morning, about six days a week. And that has changed my freaking life. And I tried to do that as much as I could through quarantine. But I also want to be transparent and say I lasted about a month. (laughs) And then uh, I ended up working out like once or twice a week because I just I fell off the bandwagon. But, you know, moving still good. Yeah. I mean, you're still, but yeah, yeah, I get it. It's. It's real. Yeah, (laughs) it was real. It was real life. And my gym opened back up again a couple weeks ago and I'm back at it, which I'm loving. Um, But I really even in that because I had worked out pretty consistently for about a year every single morning. And even during quarantine, when I kind of slacked off and stopped working out every day, the the difference in my productivity, my focus, my mental and emotional health was just mind boggling. It just blew my mind how a simple workout every morning or you know, even like a long walk with copper in the evenings or whatever, seriously impacts my mentality, my emotional space and health. It's just crazy to me. So even in quarantine, making sure you're adding movement to your routines and to your schedule every day, morning and night, Mm -hmm. if possible, morning, afternoon and night, if possible. It's just such a game changer. I I still want to study a lot more like scientifically why that really impacts us so much. But I mean, it it releases endorphins. But beyond that, I'm really curious of how it impacts us because I know it does. So anyways, I I just I don't care about why it does. I just know it does. (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, I'm like, I wonder how this works. (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. I love it. (laughs) All right. Next in the routine category is work normal hours as much as possible. So even though you might be working from home or your schedule might be topsy-turvy right now because of the COVID and because of the quarantine, still try to maintain those work hours. So if you naturally worked from nine to five, still try to maintain that no matter what your season looks like. So kind of of going even with like the whole waking up at the same time and going to bed at the same time, it kind of goes hand in hand with that. It's just establishing a routine that's a routine uh, every single day. And so it's not like you're working sporadic hours, which again, just having a structured routine will definitely help. I guess, what am I trying to say? Like <laughs> maintain sanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's also important to realize if if your brain and your body was very used to a very repetitive routine, um, especially if you worked outside of the home and now you're working from home or something where you had a very strict 
schedule and structure to your your life, your days, trying to maintain that as much as possible will help your brain still engage, stay active. It'll help you maintain some sense of normalcy in spite yeah. of so everything being like tossed in the air. So it, you can basically just try to trick yourself and your brain into some sense of security and normalcy in spite of everything going on. Yeah, for sure. And then with kind of going along with that, if your routines were shot to pieces because of COVID or whether that was imposed on you or you just chose to shoot your uh, like routine to pieces, then try to create a new routine within like now within mm -hmm. COVID, within quarantine. Um, yeah. Evie, I think you have an example for that. Yeah. Um, before quarantine, I used to wake up pretty much at like 5 a.m. almost every single morning. I would go to the gym, I would work out. And then when COVID hit and the quarantine like became in effect, uh, my gym closed down, which meant that I really didn't necessarily need to wake up at 5 a.m. because uh, I wasn't driving to the gym and then coming back and then all this stuff. So I was like, okay. So I started getting up during like roughly like 6.30 about every morning during quarantine. So I just kind of shifted my morning a little bit later and I would do a workout here at home for a while and then slacked off. But anyways, when I was doing good, I was doing a workout here at home and then I would start my morning from there. So don't be afraid to adjust your routine if needed and find a new rhythm that works really well for you, especially if your family is at home with you, if you have little kids who are no longer in school. So for you to be able to work from nine to five is no longer an option. Find those new rhythms and routines that are going to work for you now in COVID and quarantine and implement those and stick to those as much as possible. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Hey, Heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. All right. And then the last point within the routine category is try to stay off your phone morning and evening. I cannot tell you how helpful that has been even for me. Um, like having a morning routine where you don't immediately go to your phone. And something, this is like a bonus tip. If you're using your phone as your alarm clock, I would recommend trying to go old school and trying to get like an actual alarm or using something else other than your phone and then plugging your phone in to charge overnight, like in the kitchen or in the living room, not Mm -hmm. in your bedroom. I think that can help so much so that you're waking up. And like, I am notoriously bad at this. Whenever I do plug my phone in my room that I'm sleeping in, like, it's almost like it's just a bad habit straight yeah. up. You just go, you almost immediately go to your phone. And w- whether it's to turn off your alarm clock that's on your phone, and then while it's in your hand, you're like, oh, well, I might as well just like scroll. Like, no, your mental health is going to be so much better if you literally just stay off your phone and then especially staying off your phone and then off of a social media until yes. you've started your workday, until you've started even like something else and you've accomplished something in your work day and then grab your phone mm-hmm. to do whatever you need to do on social media if that's part of your job, um, which for it, us it is. Um, so that that's my biggest recommendation is have that morning routine set in place. Don't go to your phone first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then the same goes for at night. Um, something that's really helpful for me is I try to, again, same concept, plug my phone in in the kitchen or somewhere that's not my bedroom and leave it there. Don't be scrolling your phone in bed. I know that's, that's such a guilty pleasure, especially like TikTok. You just like, but when you're doing that, you're literally scrolling, your eyes are getting tired. You're, Mm -hmm. and you could scroll for TikTok or any social media, but I feel like TikTok gets you really good. It's Um, like a black hole. (laughs) Well, and I've started noticing TikTok the actual account of TikTok makes videos that literally as you're scrolling, they'll pop up and then it's be like, how long have you been scrolling? I think it's time for bed. And I'm like, whoa. But the fact that they even have to do that means that there's so many kids and teenagers and even adults that are sitting there scrolling for hours and hours and they don't even realize how much time has passed. Yeah. So leave your phone, like turn it off. Honestly, uh, put it on airplane mode if you need to, like at 6 Mm -hmm. p.m. If if you really want to have like a, a nice family time uh, in the evening, like put that away. You don't need to be on your phone scrolling TikTok or scrolling Instagram when you're, when you're supposed to be having dinner Mm -hmm. and and family time, or just if you're so single, I almost said solo. If you're solo, uh, (laughs) if you're like, read a book, take a bath like Evie does, like have quiet time in, in the evenings where you're not 
consistently viewing a screen and viewing social media in that way, Mm -hmm. that'll help your emotional and mental health, I think, so, so much. Yes. I cannot agree with this more. I've I've been really fighting for this in my own routines and my own life lately for the past few months. And I actually just recently, I think it was like a, a week ago, I I because I had never personally turned on like screen time or anything on my phone. I just I didn't want to have it on my phone. I didn't want to know how much time I was spending on like apps, especially because so much of my job is on Instagram and I already have a pretty healthy boundary with how much time I spend on that, I think. Um, And so I didn't want to be told, hey, you're spending this many hours or whatever. Anyways, that's a a very side tangent. I turned on screen time because I set hour limits. So I have my phone, basically all the screen time for all my apps, except for text messaging in my phone, just because I often have conversations with friends in the evening, like phone calls. That's a lot of like how I socialize and engage with friends and family back home. Especially during quarantine. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I have it basically shut off everything on my phone at 7 p.m. And then it doesn't open any of those apps again until 8 a.m., which is typically when I'm starting to kind of get started on my workday. I'm still working with those like hours and times. I might pull it back to like 6 p.m. I might push it forward to 9 p.m. But that's really helpful because it whenever I like try to automatically go to Instagram or and just any sort of app, TikTok, it's blurred out. And it, like when I click on the app, it'll be like, your screen time is le- reached for today. Are you sure you want to like, you know, continue or, or override your screen time? And it's just uh, an obstacle that helps me remember, oh yeah, this is my evening time or this is my morning time. I shouldn't be on this right yeah. now because it can be such a a habit to go to those apps or to spend time scrolling on your phone. So that's just something for me personally, that's kind of helped establish another like gate that I have to walk through if I really do want to spend time on my phone. But amen to staying off it in the morning and the night, especially I feel like right now there's so much information through social media, through, you know, any sort of media network outlet, there's so much information being poured into our heads right now. And since we're in quarantine, we have more capacity to absorb it, but we're not designed. Our brains are not designed to absorb that much information that quickly. And it can overwhelm us. It can leave us uh, anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, exhausted. That's not healthy. That's not normal. So to establish some, some boundaries with your phone, especially mornings and nights when you're starting and ending your day that try to eliminate as much of that anxiety and overwhelm and, and, you know, racing heart as possible is just, is so, so helpful. So I cannot recommend turning off your phone evenings and mornings. Like it's a game changer. All right. Well, that was just point number one, which was routines. <laughs> we went into a long, well, there was a lot in that one. So yeah. we might buzz through some of these other ones. They're, they're not as in-depth. So number two, after routines, is prioritize endorphins, which we kind of a little bit touched on that when we said move your body each day. But we're just going to go through a little bit of what that means. Yeah. So prioritizing endorphins. Endorphins are healthy for your body. If you don't know what that means, just Google it. They're just healthy for endorphins you. Endorphins are essentially the... Oh, never mind. Eddie will <laughs> tell it for you. Endorphins are the... I forget the exact term. It's what it's a it's the feel good like drug that your brain releases. Right. It makes you feel happy and satisfied. So trying to have your brain release those chemicals as much as possible is 
yeah. prime. That's what you especially working for. when we're in like a, a a slump or when you're having to stay home all the time or just when yeah. your world is rocked like it has been. I think this year just with COVID mm-hmm. and everything, finding ways to release those endorphins each day is key. So we kind of already said this, but exercise is a great one mm-hmm. or even a hobby, doing something that you love, whether it could be painting, it could be crafting, it could be knitting, it could be honestly working if that if that causes you joy. It's just finding things to do every single day that cause you joy and that release those endorphins in your head. Yeah. Um, there's also getting outside as much as you can, which again, we kind of already talked about, but a walk, going to even working on your porch or just having a conversation with a friend on your porch or your backyard, basically just getting outside in nature. It centers us and it statistically relieves stress and anxiety. So just immersing yourself as outside as much as you are allowed or as much as you can in covid um, or going to the beach, going on a walk if you can, just things like that. That's amazing. Evie, do you want to? Yeah, I I, I want to throw something out there right now because I've had a lot of conversations with people who are struggling with this. Netflix does not release endorphins or allow Ooh, your brain good. to truly rest. It may feel, even though you think it is, yes, and it it may feel like you're you're decompressing. It may feel like you're resting. You're zoning out. It may feel like you're releasing endorphins, but binging does not actually help your yourself or your brain in any way. So that's what I, my encouragement would be on this. When you consider like, oh, you know, watching a TV show brings me joy. It, it has other side effects and ramifications that are actually more harmful to yourself. So I'm not saying Netflix is like evil and bad and you should never watch TV and never watch a movie with your friend or family or husband or whatever. Totally fine in moderation, but especially in, in quarantine when we have so much time on our hands, I would just encourage to avoid binging as much as possible because you're not actually allowing your brain to rest the way it needs to and you end up feeling more depressed and discouraged than when you sat down to start watching TV. So just throwing that out there. Well, that applies to like more than just Netflix, like Hulu, Amazon Prime video, like literally all of them. Yes. (laughs) Disney Plus. Yes. Um, With that too, I laughing releases endorphins. So I know when you think of laughing, you're like, oh, I should go watch a funny movie or a comedy or something like that. Um, But I, I would kind of encourage, have a funny conversation with a friend. Like, have an intentional phone call or FaceTime or something where you're like, we, I'm going to, we're going to tell jokes back and forth or funny, share funny stories or something like that. Or just call a friend that, you know, is naturally funny and just laugh, like, like have fun laughing, uh, with, with means other than TV or something like that. Yes. And then to round out the endorphin category, it, it would not be complete if we didn't talk also just for a real quick bit about the other activity that releases endorphins. So I'll just <laughs> I'll just say it once and then we can move on. If you are married, just you know, the the <laughs> there are some things you can do in the bedroom. <laughs> That involve uh, friskiness that release endorphins. All right, we can move on. Y'all understand what I'm All trying right. to say. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> goals. So I think this is really, really important. Alongside routines, I would say these are two number one things that can really help you power through quarantine and just the isolation and the topsy-turvy routines of life right now. So be working towards something. Don't just run in circles waiting for quarantine to end, waiting for business to pick back up. 
I want you to ask yourself the question, where do I want to be when quarantine ends? Where do I want myself to be, my business to be, my mentality to be, my spiritual life, whatever that looks like for you, just ask yourself questions of like my perfect picture of myself when quarantine ends, what do I want that to look like? And then write it down and start working towards that. Start working towards Mm. something. If you want to be more fit, more in shape, you want to have XYZ done in your business on the back end, um, you want to be having consistent, regular daily time in the Bible with the Lord, you know, set these goals for yourself and then start working towards those. This is a prime opportunity for us to start implementing new goals into our life when we have extra time on our hands that we would be spending elsewhere otherwise. So set those goals and start working towards them. I think using this time to fuel you forward instead of making you feel paralyzed is so vital because I think the thing that... I don't, I don't, and I know you probably as a listener don't either, but I don't want to get to the end of quarantine or even to next year when we laugh about the year of 2020 or just like COVID and like we're laughing about it and we're looking back on it. I don't want to look back on it and be like, wow, I was so overwhelmed and emotional or just anxiety ridden or fearful that I, I like let that year go to waste just because COVID was here. Like, I don't want to let COVID have an impact on my life in that way. I want to use the time that we've been given that we have to stay at home or that we have to be more intentional with our family or with our routines or whatever. I want to like look back on this time Mm -hmm. and know that I spent it well and that I used the time that I was given to actually propel me forward to get where I wanted to go in the future. Well, so I just, I I want to say that. Yeah. I want to, I just like when you were talking about that, the, the, the thought or the phrase just popped into my head. This is not a throwaway year. And this is not a throwaway season. Um, Ooh, that's good. I, I think it's really easy right now because everything is just so uh, overwhelming and and uncertain and unknown and new and scary and hard, just everything in life right now. But especially during quarantine, you know, when the the security of our jobs, of our finances, you know, all these things are just so unknown. It's very easy to just be like, okay, I'm going to sit back and see what happens. I'm going to see when stuff opens up again. I'm going to see when my business can start functioning fully again. I'm going to see when I can, you know, leave my house again. It's not a throwaway year. It's not a time for us to just sit back and wait. This is a time for us to jump up and take action. And that's what's going to set us apart from the rest of the world right now. So if you want to walk out of this season, you know, ahead, I would just encourage you to recognize and toss away any mentality that's like, I'm going to just sit back and wait because this is just a throwaway season until quarantine ends. Mm, Yeah. And then some real quick practical things for just writing or goal setting in general is, I just said it, writing it down, ideally on paper or a whiteboard that you can see in a visual place. But if it has to be like on the notes on your phone, like do whatever it works for you to, mm-hmm. to actually get it done. But writing down a goal is you're going to be much more likely to actually accomplish that goal. Yeah. Um, uh, a book that y'all should just read during quarantine is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yep. So good for developing habits and developing like a system that actually forces you, not forces you, but makes it easier for you to actually set those goals and, and actually do them. I just thought of that. I just wanted to throw that out. So if you good. haven't read that book, it's great. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is just practically set goals for each week and then each day. And that obviously can go beyond. We have an entire episode on goal setting. You can go back and listen to that. But 
those will help you stay focused if you have motivation in a checklist every day, every week, every month and things like that. So just some practical little tips for setting goals. I love it. All right. Number four, fill your life with joy. Now, this can be friend hangs or friend conversations, even if they're virtual. I have the next one on the list is uh, going to be a little tough love for you. Read your freaking Bible. (laughs) (laughs) The joy that comes from the presence of the Lord, like literally in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. I forget the exact Bible like verse for that, but that is a Bible verse. Go look it up. Um, If you're trying to, you know, fill your heart with with joy and with peace, it can be found in his word and in his presence. So if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling depression, if you're feeling any or all of those, all of the above, uh, the Bible. Yep. (laughs) The Bible. The end. Great. Great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Do something fun each day, you know, something that brings you a little bit of joy, whether that's a walk or going to try to see sunset somewhere or playing with your dog or your kids or, you know, baking or cooking, if that brings you joy or painting or sketching or knitting or whatever, just something that that makes you feel happy. Um, make sure to Go get that coffee from a coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. Just I don't know why I thought of that. Choose, choose little things, little tiny things and put at least one or two of them in each and every day. Which kind of goes back to the endorphin thing because yeah. giving something that gives you joy will give you endorphins. Yep, it's true. And it's kind yeah. of a double point. I like it. Uh-huh. I feel like this is very well, important here too. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you say read a book? Did you no. say that? I can't remember. Oh, nope. great. So read a book. So you could read a fictional book just for, mm-hmm. again, this is just like for fun or a non, whatever brings you joy. Again, um, read a book, watch a life-giving movie, which I know we said limit Netflix. So that just means don't binge, but like watching movies isn't bad. You're not gonna, it's not gonna completely derail your mental health if you watch one movie. Yeah. Um, so watch a life-giving movie or play a card or board game. I do that all the time with my husband and friends. We love playing board games. I am a notorious Catan lover and I will fight you for the longest road. So uh, yeah, anyways, (laughs) life-giving for me is Catan. So that's a really great example. And then the last thing that we kind of already touched on, but also that will bring joy in the long run is limit social media usage. Y'all, social media can be so toxic. And Evie kind of touched on it earlier about just like, we are not meant to hold that much information. We are not meant to have the opinions of the world pressed in on us every freaking day. So if you need to have a social media break, take it, take it, take it, take it. Um, You are not a slave to the internet. You are not a slave to other people's opinions of you. So if that's not bringing you joy, if you feel anxiety or just negativity, when you open your app or when you go on social media, put it down, delete the app for a while, quit yeah. it. Like, don't let that consume your mind. Don't let other people's opinions of you consume your mind because you are not other people's opinions of you. Just point blank. You yeah. are the opinion of what God says about you. And he says you are lovely. And I don't think he uses that <laughs> he word exactly. You are but lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I cannot agree more with that. I think it's really important to recognize taking regular breaks from social media. I've tried to limit it only to my work hours and I'm starting to try to take most weekends almost completely off. And it's just, it's so helpful, especially right now when a lot of stuff in life, especially like in quarantine in your own personal life are probably kind of up in the air. Just don't be afraid to take a step back from the, the flood of, information online right now just give yourself 
a moment to breathe and and process and digest and, and dig deep and ask questions and learn on your own outside of just a frenzy of information online. So I think that's yeah. really helpful and important. Mm. All right. And then rounding out the tips, number five is to give yourself grace. Yeah. With everything that we've said, we've threw tips at you. We've thrown, oh, thrown, that's not thrown. <laughs> there we go. We've thrown tips at you like, oh, wake up early. Oh, work out, go to sleep at a good time. Like it can be overwhelming yeah. to say the least. And we are not perfect at all. And so this last tip we really wanted to share just to saturate you with grace. Give yourself grace if you're not doing things to the level or the capacity that you ideally wish you were. Yeah. Give yourself grace. This is a weird year. Yeah. It's not normal. Again, like I said in the intro, we are not meant to live in a box. We were not meant for quarantine. Like that's not a normal status of life, right? Like it's not supposed to, and it's, it's okay with that to not be okay. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling depression or you're feeling anxiety, don't try to shove it away because to be like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to feel that way. Okay, okay, okay. Like, yes, we can work towards becoming better, but but it's okay to not be okay. If you're having a bad day, that's okay. Yeah. Like, and I think that's that should be said. It's it's okay to not be okay, just point blank right there. Yeah. I think it's also really important to point out that it's okay to ask for help right now. It's okay yeah. to ask for help from your family, your friends, or to seek therapy or counseling. There's a lot uh, that we're all dealing with right now, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, a lot going on. So don't be afraid to reach out and say, hey, I'm not doing the best today. I can't even tell you the number of times. This is just real raw. I can't tell you the number of times in the past few months that I personally have just been overwhelmed by stuff or life or you know, even personal stuff behind the scenes on like business or whatever that I've just called Lindsay or some of my other friends or my family and just been in tears and been like, I'm not okay. I'm overwhelmed. This is just all so hard to navigate, you know, and, and just been like, let's just talk through this. And that's so healthy. That's so important to bring people into your journey to open up and, and let the, the hurt, the pain, the frustration, the, the anxiety, whatever out, you know, it's important to realize that the more we hold stuff in, the more it has space and room to fester and to get even more nasty and get pushed down and get just messy. But when we open it up and we let oxygen and truth basically hit that wound, we're allowing it space to kind of breathe and just heal. So don't be afraid to let people in, talk to people and and don't isolate yourself with how you're feeling. The last tip I'll say with giving yourself grace and talking to people and putting yourself, just getting help is if you are a Christian, join a Bible study, whether it's a virtual Bible study. And if you're not a Christian, maybe join a community hangout group or join a book club or something like that, where you have something to look forward to. You have something, even if it's virtual, to connect with other people and to just talk life or talk books or talk whatever, Mm -hmm. talk the Bible, like just do something where you're still trying to get into community as much as you can, even yeah. if it's virtual. Like I said, if, if you're not allowed to leave your house or just whatever right now, yeah. um, that's our, our recommendation. Just to saturate yourself with grace. It's okay to not be okay. And it's a weird year, but it will not last forever. I also want to kind of jump in really fast and, and tag this on. Giving yourself grace, I think, is so, so, so important. And it's important to realize that if you get up and have a funky day or a funky week 
or whatever, you're not as productive as you want. You're not as focused as you want. You didn't stick to your routines. You didn't eat well. You didn't move your body, whatever. Recognize that the the next day is a new day, a brand new morning. And God's mercies are new every morning. And we have an incredible opportunity to start fresh every single day and every single week. It's so cool how our calendar year and all this stuff has kind of created these built-in like reset points. So every single morning is a new start. It's a great way to just start fresh and try again. And every single Monday or beginning of whatever your work week is or week in general is just a great opportunity also to start fresh. So on days or weeks when I have just kind of been all over the place or not put together or just kind of feel like I'm just not in a good space, I almost always look forward and try to set a a reset point for myself. So if it's like a Friday and I'm just like, my work week has not been the best. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sign off work right now, early on a Friday. I'm going to give myself the weekend to just rest. And then Monday is my reset point. Monday is when I'm going to dive right back into work and I'm going to start hitting the ground running, get up early, go to the gym. Like I'm going to start fresh. And if Monday, for whatever reason, I don't hit that early morning wake up and that, that, workout. I'm like, okay, Tuesday, I got this. Like tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up. And it's just a great way to to continuously like recognize, like don't beat yourself up if you, if you don't have the best day or the best week. Just look yeah. forward and be like, okay, when can I, you know, mentally kind of reset and give myself a fresh start? Mm. Okay. We threw a lot at you. So I'm going to do a really quick recap through the five points and then like the sub points. So the first point was routines and we spent probably 30 minutes on it because it's important. Um, (laughs) And a little of what we talked about in that is getting consistent sleep, getting dressed every day, eating well and consistently and healthy, moving your body each day, trying to keep your work hours normal, and then creating consistent routines while staying off your phone morning and evening. So that was all routines. Number two was prioritizing endorphins, making sure that every single day you're exercising or you're doing something that you love, you're getting outside, you're doing activities that release endorphins in your brain. Um, Netflix does not, uh, art is not one of those things. If you're married, you know what to do. Um, (laughs) Number three was goal setting, making sure that you're working towards something. Like Evie said at the beginning, or maybe not the beginning, she said it somewhere in there is, this is not a throwaway year. Still be working towards a goal. Don't just use COVID as an excuse to be like, well, ah, this year is a toss. Might as well try next year. Like this can still be something. You can still do stuff within this year. And writing out those goals is super helpful. Making weekly, daily, and monthly goals is also helpful. Number four is filling your life with joy, making sure that you're consistently doing things that bring you pleasure and bring you joy. So whether that's friend hangs, even virtual, reading your Bible that will be life-giving and joyful, doing something fun each day, reading a book, watching a movie that's life-giving or playing a game, all those things can bring you joy. And then the opposite of that, limiting social media use. Don't uh, spend too much time that probably will not fill your life with joy. And number five, over it all, give yourself grace. This is a weird year. It's not normal and that's okay. And it's okay with that to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help, to seek counseling, to talk to friends, to get therapy, talking to people, inviting people into your space, doing Bible studies or community groups, even virtual. Make sure that you give yourself grace and allow people into your life to help you. So we hope that this episode was super helpful. Um, I hope you got a lot out of that. Yeah, I hope, I don't know. This was just kind of a conversational episode and we hope that it served you well. 
Yeah. If you listen to this episode, if it was helpful, if it was encouraging, inspiring, whatever, we love, love, love seeing you guys sharing this episode on social media and specifically Instagram. It's just so encouraging to us to kind of see what you're loving, what you're listening to, how it's impacting you, all of that. So if you're listening to this and this was just an encouraging episode, it would be so cool if you wanted to screenshot this episode and share a screenshot on your Instagram and be sure to tag us. Lindsay's Instagram is at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. Mine is at Evie Rupp. And then our Heart University at the Heart University is our education slash podcast Instagram as well. So feel free to uh, share that as much as possible. And we just love hearing from you guys and seeing what you're taking away from our episodes. Yes. And then real quick for the month of July, we are actually hosting a giveaway. I don't know if you heard it on our, we posted it on the heart story and we've also posted it in our Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, the link is in the show notes. Um, but we're doing a giveaway for the month of July. And what you have to do is leave a review on Apple podcasts, subscribe to the show. And then share the podcast on your social media of choice can be however you want to do it, whether it's a story, whether it's a Facebook post, a Twitter post, I don't care what it is, just share the share the Heart and Hustle podcast anywhere you want. And then screenshot your social media share and screenshot your review and email it to podcast at the Heart University. That's podcast at theheartuniversity.com. And make sure the subject line says giveaway so that way we know what it is. And you'll be entered to win a necklace from one of our favorite necklace designers and our email template packet. So those are the two things that you win. We'll have one winner. And so um, if you leave a review and you share it on social media and you enter to win, you will be in the drawing to win those two things. So we're really excited about that. If you want to get some cool jewelry and some email templates, you know what to do. <laughs> All right. And in the meantime, we are cheering you on. We hope you are just crushing the rest of this quarantine. We're in your corner and we hope this episode was helpful. Go kick some butt this week and we will see you next time.